0: Um, yeah, we're, I think we're good Okay, good
1: great go. um, I, I can't remember what we say at the beginning of this so, uh, Well, hello everyone My name is CJ Bernstein And <laughs> do as do, always do, 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 <laughs> do you
0: want to, do you want to do you start that again with a bit of a gap So I don't have to
1: go, oh god where the bloody hell does he start speaking? Uh, <laughs> well, silence yes. Oh, silence. Yes. So, two, yeah, Silence, bring back my podcast In the summer of 2016 A mysterious locked book Appeared online Promising to reveal the magical secrets held inside if someone could solve the 16 puzzles required to open it. A year later, the book is open, and the adventure that thousands of readers embarked on to unlock it is becoming a book of its own. This is the story of how that adventure came to be. This is the making of the Monarch Papers. Hello! Welcome to The Making of the Monarch Papers, Episode 9, Galifanks. My name is C.J. Bernstein, and with me, as always, is... Simon! Yeah, we did it! We did it! <laughs> I remembered to say my name this time. You did it. Um. Wow, this was... Okay, so there's a lot to... While this fragment was very short... Tiny, yeah. There's a lot to get into about, like, sort of, not only the internal workings of Ackerley Green, but also... Um, there was a big like shift in sort of what we were going to do narratively, um, moving yeah. forward because I know a lot of the readers love puzzles and we hate them,
0: <laughs> which is evident from this phase where we were, yeah. climbing, we're no longer doing puzzles.
1: Right. Yeah. So, at, so this was after phase two and after we had taken a, a little over a month. Yeah. Five uh, of weeks. Just radio silence. Um, because we were very very tired and um also our sort of work lives outside of this the monarch papers mm. was suffering yeah um so do you want to talk a little about your perspective on that because <laughs> <And then laughs> uh. this was my whole life
0: yeah i know and i think i well you know yes Yes, <laughs> we, we, yes. I don't know really what to say. Other than there was a point where we kind of went, oh right, we we have this whole other business that um, Johnny and I need to run, and um, yeah, okay, I better go run that because otherwise we can't afford to eat, right. um, and and because I mean, you know, the 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 papers at, at times could become 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 yeah all of that all uh sort of all encompassing and i think it needed to be at, at times and it was good it was it was it was great and it's you know whenever we dive into it and it's you know you know what i mean it, it gets it gets it gets exciting so you get carried away and it's difficult to switch your head so i think i just kind of for me in particular is because uh johnny runs the business and i i sort of do the client facing side um, I had to go and meet lots of clients to try to, you know, hey, we still exist. We're yeah. still here. We're still doing the thing that you want us. St- Would you like to pay us some money now? Oh, great! Thanks very much. So right. there was a bit of that, and I think as we knew that going into phase three, that we couldn't quite be as uh, hands-on as we had been, and we, that sort of tailed off. I think in in phase two anyway, as we as we talked. in the the previous um, podcast, but this phase, and I think it's sort of fortuitous, really, because, as we discussed, games weren't as important, or puzzles Mm -hmm. weren't as important, story-wise. we decided, yeah, we decided
1: that we couldn't. I think, too, it's sort of like the chicken or the egg. I can't remember exactly kind of how that we came to that decision, but I think, A, we didn't want to do puzzles like that anymore, because they were... Too taxing time wise, attention wise, when we really had a story to tell. And then also as we kept this break, this month long break, we we had a thousand new readers mm. because of that ad. Yeah. And so we also couldn't create puzzles where those they couldn't solve
0: that. Yeah, there's no satisfaction because not everyone could join in.
1: Right. And but- so we would work our tails off for a puzzle that they could just like knock out. Yeah. And uh that was hard for us. And so I think too, it wasn't so much that I mean, that you were taking a back seat. We just sort of figured out how we reverse some things. Like yeah. where instead of you writing a draft of a Deirdre post from my outline, I would then write the draft and you would go through and say like based on how you created you know, shaped her the voice, voice yeah, and yeah. sort of UK isms and yeah. and Irishisms. Yeah. Irishisms. Yeah. And so to so for me to be able to take on that stuff, we decided, okay, wh- what needs to give? Well, what needs to give uh, are puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and and they need to be more, like, connected to the narrative, which we had established in Phase 2. And then they also needed to be um, sort of uh, secondary to the story. We were now getting yeah. into the meat of it. I mean, Deirdre now knew the truth about magic. And it's funny, I... Um, what so, what we ended up doing once we had established sort of like the new working order of Ackerley Green was, um, I had consulted a puzzle designer whose name is Paul and he goes mm-hmm. by Fleb on YouTube. Phleb, yeah, and uh, I had I sort of reached out to him on Twitter just to say, Hey, we have this. Do you remember what this this fragment was going to originally be like? We wanted to do like. Lenses in a uh, Oh yes. Yeah yeah in a telescope. You know, we were yeah. we were high off the tetrahedron, the three D tetrahedron.
0: Yeah, we were <laughs> How on earth did we expect that to work? I think what we thought is we had a combination of either lenses or like a shadow puppet theatre where you'd shine a torch to it and if you put them all in the right order you get the right focal point and that's that give you right. That's I think where we were going and then we just went
1: no. No, 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 (laughs) no, yeah, and no, and so I asked Fleb's advice, and he actually said I would be interested in designing this puzzle for you.
0: Thank heavens!
1: You know, not for free, of course. He has to make a living, but we thought like, oh, this may be the way to do this, which is outsource the heavy lifting of this puzzle. And frankly, I went back over the forum. I don't fully understand this puzzle. (laughs) <laughs> That's not
0: surprising, really. I was, as he was saying that. To me, oh, yeah, we were going to outsource the puzzles. I thought, yeah, because they were so damn fed up of getting coordinates that formed a cross, and you had to find something in the middle, which
1: is basically all we could come up with. I had exhausted my uh, my puzzle ideas. Yeah, yeah, and and so and so we outsourced with you know Johnny came up with the the amazing names for the constellations. Oh yeah. And we designed those constellations together, you and I, and then we outsourced the sort of planetary aspect mm. to Fleb, and he designed the planets and everything. And we just we we built the sort of barricades around it. Oh wait, and, we still
0: did, we still did a map thing, didn't we? Because that was the that was the whole of phase three. Absolutely, we
1: still did a map thing. <laughs> we still did a map thing, but it was okay because but that was quite good. I like that. I did too, and it it tied in with Deirdre's narrative because she was traveling the world. Yeah. Um, Which was another – the reason Deirdre was immediately traveling the world was because I needed time Mm. to not write Deirdre blog posts, (laughs) to get (laughs) my legs under me. She's on a plane. (laughs) Yeah. She's just going to send – and and people were frustrated. So I had Deirdre just sending uh, Instagram photos. Yeah. I'm in Spain. I'm in Turkey. (laughs) I'm in Amsterdam. And um, I thought that would buy me time. But the problem was twofold people now w- were invested in Deirdre and felt a connection with her. And so when Cole and Deirdre both sort of... Cole said, I'm not going to be on the forum for a little while because I need to take a break. <laughs> and then Deirdre was traveling <laughs> the world. People were like, "Uh, hi... what happened to my friend?
0: It's sort of like, it's funny how the characters reflected exactly how we were feeling. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, isn't it? Yeah.
1: It's so weird. (laughs) And so Deirdre was just posting images to buy me, um, sort of a few weeks to get my legs under me with the new way we were doing things. And so I thought this puzzle designed by a puzzle designer would last us three weeks. The mountaineers the new Mountaineers, you know, this extra 1,000 people, mm. solved it in two and a half days. This puzzle was supposed yeah. to last for two and a half weeks. Uh, <laughs> and I just looked <laughs> on the forum. There were 400 messages in oh, two days. Um, like, I, I couldn't keep up with helping no. them solve it. Yeah. And, and, and it was funny to, you know, it's funny to deal with a puzzle designer because... How Fleb works and how puzzles, the puzzles he solve work, works, uh, solves work. <laughs> Are, I know you, man. We know yeah, you. Everybody you yeah. give everybody. You're given the materials all at once, and then you figure out how they work together, and you solve oh, yeah. them. Whereas but,
0: we put roadblocks in because our, our puzzles aren't clever enough, yeah. so therefore we, just, uh, <laughs> exactly. we have to draw this out. They're just right. going to get this, but then they can't get that until right. they get the next piece and blah, Exactly.
1: Blah, blah. But I also think that the barricades are useful for having multiple people trying to solve a puzzle together. Mm. A lot of the, the puzzles that Phleb talk talks about are, are sort of challenges where who can be the first one to do it, and so it's solitary, and so it's you have all the pieces, and you. What's, what do you? I'm just loving it.
0: Did, didn't he say to you when you were talking about it? Yeah, they're not really puzzles, what you do. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's right. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah, okay. So not, it's not really okay.
1: a. You really guys a haven't actually done a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
0: a technicality. That's yeah, yeah. A technicality. We, d-
1: we do riddles. We do yeah. visual yeah. riddles. Ooh, trade <laughs> um, So, so yeah. So that was the back and forth between Fleb and me was saying right. So. I, what, but I need this to, them to not have everything at once. We need to stretch this out. It didn't work in our favor. but And so that was the added element of those constellations where they had to solve the clues to get each piece of the puzzle, whereas FLEB would have given you all six planets at once to figure out. Right. Um, so we, we did that. They solved it in three freaking days, um, <laughs> and that was great for them not great for us um and and it led them to um that was the period when all of a sudden Deirdre
0: started taking boats everywhere because it would take longer to get there <laughs> there was no internet right we need, exactly. we need more time they've done everything too quickly Deirdre's on a boat she's on a hot air balloon she's yeah. going on a hot air right. balloon journey across
1: Europe yeah her, her she doesn't have a sim card for this country she can't text you yeah um so so they solved it and got Galifanx. I think one of the most interesting parts, too, of this narratively was that this was post-Cagliostro fallout. And so they got the message from Lauren. Lauren yes. found this page in the book she took from Cole in the Morgan, Morgan Library. Library, Morgan Sue Library. <laughs> um, and and this was a product of this sort of responsive fiction where there were a few different ways that book could have been collected by Deirdre by Cole or by Lauren and so it ended up in Lauren's hands and we then had to figure out narratively okay well why why would she share that with them why you know why wouldn't she do it on her own but i think we had built in this idea that the Cagliostro was kind of above all this crap yeah where she's like, "Here's your plaything," I. But I, I have like centuries of memory and experience, and I'm, I'm not I'm as concerned
0: f- flying around the
1: world. <laughs> right, exactly. That's just <laughs> trying it out. Yeah, and so, so that she would, also
0: didn't have a sim card for flying around the world. You know, so right, exactly. <laughs> and it was another, and she
1: was another absentee character. Um, and yeah. people were sort of like, "Ooh, is Lauren going to be a mountaineer now?" Mm. No. <laughs> no, I know because
0: no, no. people really liked her.
1: Yeah. Um, I liked her too. And she she left them with a message saying, I hope you have as few regrets as possible. And everyone sort of speculated on what that meant. Had they done something wrong? Were they going to do something wrong? Because she could sort of see <laughs> into the future now that she had Cagliostro's power.
0: <laughs> and it, I, I think so it was just at,
1: more buying time.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're so good at just like sending them down spirals with one sentence. It was like, what does that mean? And then there's... <laughs> Three pages of conversation about it. It doesn't mean anything. It was just a bit of drama,
1: right? Yeah, and, and the best mm. part of that was that they would then speculate, and we would say, "Oh, yeah, that's it. What of you course. said. That's what yeah, it responsive
0: means." Responsive fiction. Yeah,
1: and so then we would backpedal a little, and we'd add it all in. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the. Uh, you know, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to make a half hour podcast about, about a fragment a, that took yeah, a hot it, yeah. two hours to to solve. Um, it was pretty. It certainly was pretty. And how yeah. it worked... So they, they had to find six sort of cosmic objects, and then it would give them planets. And then they figured out how to... That the craters on each planet were... You had to punch out and then align them in these sort mm. of like disks that rotated and gave you the word Galifanx. Um that's, that's my understanding of it. Literally someone on the forum, I think it was... Um, brendan tried to explain it to everyone and everyone understood it and i never fully did but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> that's not how my brain works my no, brain no, no, works no. in mine, way. yeah people. but um so this was the last you know how we normally did this was fragment one fragment five and then fragment nine were sort of um we called them paper craft puzzles mm. but then we found immediately that everyone would just do things digitally different photoshop and digitally, yeah and yeah. didn't have to cut them out or um, and then we would end up doing another with Fragment 13. But, yeah, so that's, that's Gallifanx in a nutshell. I'm trying to think if there's any interesting anecdotes about it. I don't think so. No, this, I don't
0: think there's any... There wasn't much... I mean, at this point, there wasn't much story going on because the story ramps up with the next fragment Yeah, where a certain... Uh, institution mm-hmm. is introduced.
1: Oh man, this is my favorite. This is the best. <laughs> it's a close second to Cagliostro, but I love this whole Martin intrepid reporter sort of casing comedic solutions and getting an errant message from inside. It was because we wanted to, the way we it's sort of phase two started with us saying, I really, I mean, you'll see my office is covered in old magic show posters. I Mm. love old magicians and that whole thing. And this one was, we really wanted to do a heist. And we also wanted to do there. Oh my God, it escapes me now, but there's this thing online where there, there's this sort of, fiction about these entities that are captured by this organization and, and everyone can sort of fanfic their own creation and it's creepy and weird. And mm. we thought, Ooh, that would be interesting to have an organization that has magically inclined people, adepts who are imprisoned there and they're experimenting on them. The, the sort of fusion of technology and magic we thought yeah. was, and that was comedic K- solutions in a nutshell. And, um, Whereas Cagliostro was sort of more of a tragic hero slash anti-hero. Um,
0: it had shades of the gothic, didn't it? Yeah, the for Cagliostra sure. whole Cagliostro thing. And then Whereas Teddy Fallon
1: was, sh- was like full-blown sort of... Oh, and we also, based on the music that you that you did too, we were going with a sort of like eighties kind Very of 80s, like yeah. tech, <laughs> tech body horror kind of yeah 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 John Carpenter John Carpenter yeah which we're big fans of <laughs> my default mode, yeah if I'm honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love that and so that was that picked up from um, Fragment Ten but the only thing we eventually I realized that people were up in arms about Deirdre not. Um, not responding, and so she finally wrote a blog post and said, "Hey guys, sorry, I've not been around. I'm in Turkey. SIM cards, yeah,
0: Turkey. Because phone now- numbers, <laughs> hot air balloons,
1: that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Ooh, language. Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> and so, so she was. Now that she could see magic, she could fully read her father's journal that she had. That in phase two had sort of looked encrypted to her Mm. Um, and she was now following the trail her father had left for her sort of a challenge to meet and if she would get to the end of it she felt either she would know the truth about something about her family she would find the lost collection this was her path to finding neither nor and this was all sort of the beginning of it before the knocking doors but uh yeah so that's that's fragment nine I thought this pretty exciting. Oh, I do. I I posted on Instagram to see if anyone had questions. So let's see if we if we got any. I did it an hour before, so
0: <laughs> so the answer is no. We don't yeah, have
1: any. So, questions. Oh no, we do. <laughs> hey! um, yeah, from Oracle. Here's one that's been gnawing at me for a bit. Ooh, how did oh. Lauren know about the Mountaineers? That's a great question. Um, that is a good question. How did she? <laughs> well, because she was. She had telemancy, so she could read minds. Oh, yeah, that's true. But also, once she took on the power of the Cagliostro, we decided that some of, um, well, I almost said, um, part of mm. the previous iteration of the Cagliostro, he, he had foresight. He, he had foreknowledge. And so we reasoned that maybe she got a little bit of that, too. Um, and so the minute she became the Cagliostro, she became much more conscious of the world and everything around her yeah. and, and realized that there were these people working in the background. It just didn't matter to her all that much when you are, you know, this feels like a very mortal struggle for the Mountaineers.
0: Was there, do you think there was anything uh, because uh, Martin had got her out, maybe she felt like... It was some hmm. kind of I don't know, I'll I'll, I'll, favor. I'll throw them I'll throw them a bone because I know that Martin's involved with these
1: people. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think Maybe. we had talked about that. And I'm not sure if we actually put that into oh, words. I wasn't just making that up <laughs> No. no. <laughs> How unusual. Yeah. I'm not sure if that we inferred that or but we knew that we were also thinking like it, she would she would throw him a bone. I mean he yeah. saved her life. So yeah. I think that was another bit of it. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, fragment nine. In a nutshell. Excellent. Hi, listeners. Um, this is CJ Bernstein popping in to interrupt uh, myself and Simon, because after we recorded this podcast, we got a few more questions that I thought were pretty interesting, and so I wanted to answer them. Uh, the first is from Five, who asks, was it difficult to combine astronomy into the puzzle? Um Uh, as difficult as it was to include flora or fauna, I think, you know, in these cases, Google is our friend and, um, we, we found a lot of sort of... Concepts and ideas, satellites and planets and things like that to to have as the barricade clues. And then a lot of the heavy lifting of designing the actual planets uh, fell on Paul, who is a very smart guy and also, um, I think, had some knowledge about uh, sci-fi, not sci-fi, but like planets and things like that, as all geeks do. Um, uh, Yeah, so it wasn't too hard. And then I have another question from... Uh, Vivian, who asks, um, how did the series of connected papercraft puzzle journal pages come to be? When did you come up with these? Why were they always the first thing in a new phase? Were they inspired by anything? I still have so many questions about those journal entries. And as one of the weirdos who loved paper crafting, I was curious about the connection between the journal entries and paper puzzles. Um, that's a really good question. Let me see if I can uh, answer all of them. I love paper craft too. Origami and and that sort of thing. And so we just knew we knew what the first one would be. And then we thought, well... We could, um, I think early on we had intended to have, every phase would have a paper craft puzzle, some sort of video audio element puzzle, and then um, I can't remember exactly what the rest of them were. But uh, And so uh, while all the other puzzles changed, these paper craft puzzles, which we knew had a longer lead time and we had to spend more time developing them, uh, they sort of um, were pre-planned. And one, uh, so we had the tetrahedron, the, I mean, the uh, butter, the butterfly origami, the planets, we had the very first one, which was rearranging the borders for um, the first journal page. And then the final one, which were the interlinking rings, which, which Paul also helped with, um, because he too is a sort of physical paper craft kind of um, guy. And so the reason those journal pages came to be is because I don't know. I kind of wanted the challenge of I liked this idea of a um, a sort of Thoreau dealing with magical things, and I knew it was Sullivan with a with his memory lost. But I um, I don't know. It felt like a writerly challenge for me to see if I could plant that seed from the very first puzzle and have you not guess that it was Sullivan until the very end. Um, And most people didn't, and that was uh, exciting and, and surprising. And I think because I, um, I tried to keep it so separate from the rest of the narrative. It just seemed like, wow, there's this guy in the country discovering some sort of magical something or other. And then throughout the course of the monarch papers, we created the kind of rules so that it would all start to make sense by, by coming in contact with, I think there was even a reference that Sullivan said, once you come in contact with the little red house like Deirdre did and he did, um, you start to see things differently. And so when he was traded for something in, I believe, 1889, 1898, um, he couldn't remember things at first. And then once he was admitted in the hospital and was reunited with his belongings, he found the letter that he had written himself that Deirdre would eventually find in the, the final volume of the monarch papers that Orvin gave her. The only reason I can even remember all of this is because Devin just spent two and a half hours quizzing me on things from the Monarch Papers because we're filling out our own sort of internal wiki, um, and so I, I, it's it's fresh on my mind. But that was the the impetus for that, and I love Thoreau, and I wanted to do a sort of Walden-y kind of thing, but with fantasy, and and in, in the internal. Ackerley Green document was always called the Wandering Man pages. And that's, those were the kind of linchpins for every um, phase in a way to provide the Roman numerals that would eventually be the solution for um, f- for the final puzzle. Because what I really wanted to do too is with responsive fiction, everything changes based on, well, not everything, but a lot of things change based on your actions and your decisions and your ideas. But I really also wanted there to be this uh this feeling of satisfaction that there was a puzzle happening the entire time that you couldn't solve until the very end uh with the roman numerals so that it felt like it wasn't just making it up as we went along completely we we had a plan and we wanted to show you we had a plan and and um we sort of described this question is going on and on but it it I think it's an interesting idea that with responsive fiction, you're allowed to kind of go wherever you want and have all of these ideas. And if we like them, we use them. And if you you um, you investigate a different path, we may follow it. But we it's almost like a kite in the sky where we have a structure and a plan. And so we're holding that string. But you guys can explore every corner of the sky. And if you find an interesting place and there's a... We can follow you and sort of like direct you and let you guide the story too. But at the end of the day, we do have a place we want to get to. I, you know, if we had let you have complete free reign, then the whole, the Book of the Wild, the Book of Kings, Two Worlds Rebound and Butterfly Wings, the, the clue that, that you were gathering for the entire almost year and a half wouldn't have made sense. So we always knew we had to guide you back to the resolution, but there were tons of changes that had been made by then. But that sort of, with the papercraft puzzles being these anchors that we would keep revisiting, and also um, and also the Roman numerals on the Wandering Man pages, that's sort of where that all came from, because I wanted it to feel uh, like a magic trick, like you did all of this stuff and that your your ideas shaped the story, but at the end of the day, we ended up at this place that seemed resonant and poetic and seemed inevitable, surprising, but inevitable, which is the, I think the goal, every writer wants to have that ending in their book that is completely surprising, but makes total sense. And you somehow just didn't see it coming. Um, and I worked hard to do that. I don't know if I fully accomplished that, but, um, I tried. So those were the extra questions we had. And I, I wanted, um, to record these so that you could, you could, um, make sure you always ask questions and I will will post that on Instagram from now on every week so that you guys can ask questions and we'll give it a little more time (laughs) I only gave like half an hour before we recorded and so I wanted to give this time to record those but now back to me and Simon um, you can, all, as always, if you are um, new to the AG verse, uh, you can go to ackerlygreen.com to learn more and go to the forum there and meet your fellow readers who are solving puzzles right now in the middle of a new interactive campaign called the Ackerly Green Secret Society. And if you are into Ackerly Green and you want to help support us, Support the podcast and also listen to episodes of this podcast a week early before anyone else. Uh, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/AckerlyGreen and get uh, early episodes of this podcast and lots of other rewards for as little as a dollar a month, and you help keep our lights on. Bargain, um, bargain, a bargain. <laughs> uh, and next week we're going to get into—I don't remember the the name of the fragment offhand, <laughs> but I do know we're going to dig very deep into Comedic Solutions and uh, oh yeah a, a super exciting time and we'll we'll discuss more about sort of the origins of Comedic Solutions where we're going that amazing video
0: oh that, that video hilarious yeah, yeah. it was it's so good
1: and um and yeah so um uh, until next week we hope you have a uh, oh, oh a wonderful week I'll say again <laughs> we gotta come up with a better uh, sign yeah, off at some, some sort point. of magical maybe
0: thing. by episode 12 <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: we'll do it. Um, yeah, I hope you have a wonderfully magical week. We'll keep working. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.